Hi, this is Taylor Stuber. And this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists and faculty members at Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy, and we are your hosts for the Postgraduate Pharmacist. On the Postgraduate Pharmacist, we focus on preparing and obtaining postgraduate training positions. From current events to expert advice, you'll have up-to-date content related to postgraduate training. New episodes are released every other Monday, so don't forget to like or subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or LinkedIn at the Postgraduate Pharmacist for additional discussions or insights into our topic. Today on the Postgraduate Pharmacist, we are extremely fortunate to have Auburn's very own Leah Island join us today. Leah, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you both for the invitation. I'm honored and excited to be on the show. Leah, I'm sure many of our listeners know who you are, but for those that may not, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background and your journey to your current role? I'd be happy to, Sean. I'm Leah Island, a pediatric pharmacist, educator in our healthcare profession, and a Texan no matter where I live. I grew up in Texas, graduated with my PharmD from the University of Texas at Austin, and completed a pediatric specialty residency at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I started my career at Auburn in Alabama, and now I'm in my 20th year of academia, having the pleasure to teach pharmacy and medical residents and students about caring for our pediatric patients. I have a passion for organizational service, and I'm involved in ASHP, ACCP, AACP, and PPA. I've been involved in ASHP and PPA since I was a student and have been highly involved in both these organizations serving in various volunteering and elected position, including the board of directors of both organizations. All right. Well, thank you for that introduction. Today, we've got a lot to unpack and there have been many developments in the time since we scheduled recording this episode until it's being released. But today we'll be discussing virtual versus in-person interviews and considerations for prospective postgraduate training applicants. Currently, we know that mid-year is going to be held virtually, and we will discuss that in upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Regarding residency interviews, though, a lot of that is up in the air right now. Yes, and what a hot topic this is right now. What we know is that last year, ASHP had issued a statement that discouraged programs from holding in-person interviews. We'll see what happens this year, but we wanted to discuss how to approach the situation if presented with both options for an in-person or virtual interview, as well as what to consider. First, I did want to note that UNC Residency Program on Twitter, if y'all have been following them, their account did recently start a Google Doc for programs to edit that asked programs whether they will be requiring in-person interviews or allowing candidates to interview virtually. You can find that on our Twitter timeline at PG Pharmacist. Taylor and I are tracking this, but it appears that those that have answered, they've either put a to-be-determined status or that they do plan to offer some sort of virtual option. So far, there is not a complete one way or the other decision, which makes this upcoming application season very difficult to navigate right now. So of course, this Google Doc won't make the final decision, but it may influence it. 
With all that said, we're glad you are here to discuss this with us today, Leah. I'm happy to be here as this is an important issue in the residency application process, Sean. So I just kind of wanted to start broadly, Leah. Could you just maybe describe some advantages and disadvantages to virtual interviewing versus in-person interviewing? Sure, Taylor. You know, virtual interviewing, brand new last year, but wow, a lot of advantages came about. No travel. You didn't have to book a flight. You didn't have to get in your car and drive anywhere. You didn't have lost luggage or even parking concerns of where you'd park and how do you get into the hospital. None of that happened with our virtual interviews. You know, you essentially had less days away from your rotation due to less travel. However, disadvantage-wise, you know, it, there is something about not being able to meet other people in person or see the physical institution, the clinical sites, you know, really being able to get a feel for that program, the location, even the city where you may be moving and potentially listening. You know, although you can see others and you get to talk on a virtual platform, it is difficult to get a read on a person or even the institution per se, and it's more challenging to pick up on body language. However, advantage or disadvantage, what it does invite, the program gets to come into your home wherever you are doing that virtual interview. They get to see you, your background, how you are. And so there really are pros and cons to in-person and to virtual from that aspect. And I really like all those points. I mean, I hate parking. So the the idea of not having to worry about parking is like my favorite thing about virtual, the idea of virtual interviews. But at the same time, I'm, I'm like what you were saying, you don't get to get feet through the door and, and actually visually see the hospital and or wherever you're doing postgraduate training. So I agree with all those. Absolutely. So I know Sean mentioned previously about some programs potentially offering a virtual option. So if a virtual and in-person option are both offered, what do you think the candidate should select? Is it advantageous to do an in-person interview or do you think it would harm the candidate's chances if they chose to do a virtual interview? This will be a tough decision, Taylor. I really think you have to consider what's the best impression to the program for you, but as you also have to consider your health and the other's health. You know, we're still in a time right now where the pandemic has again seen spikes. So will institutions let candidates come in? We haven't seen as many necessarily kick out APPE students yet, so that's a positive thing. But I really do believe if you can attend in person, you're healthy, in-person interviews are probably best. You'll get to tour that hospital or the clinic. You'll get to potentially meet more people. You're gonna be able to pick up on the vibe, the culture of that institution, the department, the current residents. You're really gonna be able to get to learn about that city and the location of the practice site. I can still remember driving to one of my interviews and you know, looking at where are the apartments nearby this hospital that I could potentially live at because I didn't want to live far out of town. So those type of activities, the practitioners also of that program will get a better sense of who you are if you are in person. And that's what I heard from many of my colleagues who are RPDs or preceptors doing interviews. It just wasn't the same. They really didn't feel like they got to know that person as well on virtual interviews last year and maybe didn't get to pick up on necessarily some soft skills per se. But if you look at the consideration and if virtual interviews are best or even required, I think then you just do your best in showing who you are to the program. Ask strong questions, be able to answer their questions. You need a dress as if you are in person 
and considering an appropriate simple background to conduct your interviews. So you need to make it feel like you are there, even though you may not be. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's one of our biggest fears. And one of the reasons why we wanted to do this topic was that what are you missing with those personal interactions? Some of the things you just mentioned and and even things I didn't even think of. Like when you just said, what's the town? Where would you live? What's it look like around it? I, I'm thinking back, that was important. And that was one of the driving factors for the places I chose. So yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't imagine moving to a place and never having set foot in that city in person. And like the first time you're setting foot in it is when you're actually starting to work there. So that's got to be very intimidating. But if that's your only, you know, if you only can do virtually, like you're saying, take advantage of it. So, yeah. So I've got my next question is just about if candidates are offered a certain type of interview, should, should they try to keep the same types of interviews? Say if they're, they want to do all virtual interviews or should they try to do all in-person interviews if presented the option? I don't think necessarily, Taylor. I would say they really need to do what's best for them. All candidates, you need to be flexible. Times are changing. They may schedule an in-person interview and then call you the day before and say, we need to be virtual. You don't know. So I really do think it's really going to depend on the program, of course, if they're going to allow on-site interviews. If you get the option, again, go back, think of what's best for you, what's going to put you in the best limelight, per se, and really show them who you are so you can try to be that best candidate coming into that interview. And so what also fits well in your schedule? You know, many times programs will email to you and say, we have these three dates available, select one. And maybe you can line up interviews well back to back, um, especially if you are traveling and going out of state or even just into other areas of the state. But then other times you aren't going to have that flexibility and they're just going to say, this is your interview date. This is your time, you know, show up if you want to interview here. And if you can't do it, then you potentially don't get to interview at that program. So I think you've got to be flexible and work with these institutions. The pharmacy workforce is very stressed right now in clinics, institutions, hospitals. And you all know we're likely big planners, right? So we like to plan these interviews out. We like to schedule things but then patient care changes stuff. So we've got to just be flexible with what comes about. Do your best in scheduling. I don't think they all have to be virtual or all have to be in person. Do what's appropriate for you at that time when you're being offered that interview. And, for, you know, essentially it's always we do. We always make the best choice with the information we have at that time. So do that in deciding which way to select your interview if you have an option. So great advice, and I can't wait to hear some more great advice. But first, we're going to take a pause and go into our favorite segment, the postgraduate trivia. This is the segment where we hand curate individualized trivia questions for our guest. So Leah, hopefully these kind of take you back to uh, your experience in life. So you mentioned how you will always be a Texan at heart. Well, I'm a huge follower of Texas barbecue and the entire barbecue scene down in Texas. I've never yeah. tried it, but I'm a oh, huge fan. Sean, you'll want to move there when you eat it. Okay. I already do. So my, my question is, what is the name of the barbecue joint that hosts Texas oldest pitmaster, Tootsie Tominets? Is it Franklin Barbecue, the Pecan Lodge, Snows, or the Salt Lick? So the Salt Lick is my favorite place, first of all. 
I've been there many <laughs> times on many different occasions. Franklin's Barbecue, I'm trying to remember. I've read so many things. and It really got more popular. East Austin, when I lived in Austin, you didn't go there. Uh, now it's our trendy hip place to go in Austin. And so we never crossed East as 35 back in the 90s. But, um, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm truly going to have to guess this. I'm going to go with Franklin, but I don't think that's right because I can just visualize that man. But that's my guess. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Taylor? Well, I, I don't have an educated guess, but I've heard <laughs> of Salt Lick before. I've seen it on Food Network. So I'm just going to say that. I don't think it's right, but I'm just going to guess that. Yeah. I, you know, when you started talking about Lee, I thought you were just going to like straight out the bat say, oh, this is obvious. It's, it's, it snows, which is the answer. So where uh, is snows? But your knowledge of these. So sn- snows, that's a great question. I don't know the town. I didn't, I didn't write that down. Um, but I believe it's in rural, rural Texas. It's a place okay. that's only open on Saturdays. They just uh-huh. open up on Saturdays and they do barbecue from 8 a.m. until they run out. Yes, yeah, so I'll have to look into that one. Maybe I need to go home just to visit. It's, uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's been on, um, they just recently featured it on the chef's table. You know, that show on Netflix, they did a barbecue special and, and it's on okay. there. And it's because she's, you know, the oldest pit master. She's 86. And from what I can understand, she still goes there at 1 a.m. to man the pits until, you know, they open at eight. And then so, yeah. There we go. Well, the other option I tell you is just go get on a flight, get to Austin International Airport because Salt Lake is in the airport now. So grab some air, go just eat some barbecue, <laughs> get some Amy's ice cream. And I'm telling you, like I'll fly anywhere if I can go through all through Austin and get some Salt Lake and some Amy's ice cream. Yeah, I've been to Austin. I've not, I did not know that. Next time I'm definitely taking you up on that. Grab some barbecue sauce from Salt Lake to go. All right. Well, my Trivia question also has to do with Texas and food. So (laughs) go figure. But Leah, I know you and I both share a love for Whataburger. And every time we travel down to Auburn, we always have to stop on our way down there and stop in at Whataburger. But so my, my question is actually related to that. The founder who founded it in 1950, his name is Harmon Dobson. He actually has a pretty illustrious history and has been many things before he founded Whataburger in 1950. So which of the following is not one of his previous careers? Is it a car salesman, a bush pilot, a milkman, or a diamond courier? And this is not like one of these is not his previous career. (laughs) Yes, three of of them he has had a... I'm going to go with diamond courier. I I just haven't heard of the diamond trade in Texas. South Texas Corpus is where Whataburger started. So I I would have to go with that. The other three could be plausible. Yeah, I have to agree because I feel like if you got into that business, you wouldn't get out of that business. (laughs) So it's actually milkman. He's never been a milkman. He has been a diamond courier. Um, I thought that was the for sure car salesman (laughs) and a bush pilot. So I thought he was a bush pilot. That sounds adventurous. (laughs) Yeah, it's all very all of that is very adventurous. I'm glad he uh, found his calling with Whataburger. Hey, Um, we we would not have wonderful burgers if we did not. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. 24 hours a day, too. Yeah. So back to questions. So when considering cost, I know that's a big thing with, especially with students that have to take student loans and and use and kind of fund their own travel. Should, should cost of traveling to interviews be a consideration 
for candidates if they're choosing in-person versus virtual interviews? Yeah, Taylor, to me, the cost of traveling really needs to be considered when you apply for programs in FarmCast. My recommendation is to go in to this season like everything would be in person. You'd be willing to accept all interviews and travel physically to wherever you would be asked to interview. What's good about this as well, when we've got a lot of virtual residency fairs, we've got the residency showcase at ASHP mid-year, that'll be virtual, your state showcase. These are questions to potentially ask the RPD or others that are at these showcases to say, you know, will you be in person or not? And that way you may be able to make a decision before the application deadline in forecast. But to me, you can't predict. You can't predict if anything will change. And so my advice is really, if you want to apply for a program, you're interested in that program, you see yourself potentially as a resident in that program, you need to apply to wherever you want to apply, regardless of travel or virtual. To me, you're the best judge of where you want to go don't tell yourself no and take yourself out of a potential residency spot. Apply, hopefully interview, and let somebody else say no to you versus you saying no to yourself. You know, give yourself all the opportunities and chances to all the programs you want to apply to. So in my mind, I understand cost is an issue. You will be making a pharmacist salary soon. Even if you have loans, you'll still be able to eat and live. And so if you really want to interview at a place, go ahead and spend that extra money to apply. It'll be well invested if you essentially end up there as a resident. Well, great advice. I, I have one more question. And Leah, maybe you could share some of your tips for virtual interviewing etiquette. And I'd also kind of put a plug in for our first episode ever recorded on the postgraduate pharmacist back in episode one. You can refer back to that. We have we have some discussion about virtual interviewing, but Leah, if you could just provide some of your tips on virtual interviewing and the etiquette that goes along with that. Sure, Taylor. You know, for virtual interviews, to me, you dress as if you are in person. Dress your whole self, not just the top. You know, you may have to be a stand, close a blind, or get up to do something. And so you really do need to be dressed completely in business attire, just like if you were walking on site to that institution. You know, practice connecting being online, check out your background, have a simple wall behind you, but look for lighting issues. Look to see if your ceiling fan is rotating. I know a lot of people don't pay attention to above them, but a, a turning ceiling fan, a flickering light actually can be very distracting when connecting on video conferences. Purchase a ring light that you can use to essentially brighten your area, but check your surroundings, you know, doors, bathroom, yard service. I can't tell you how many times I've been on virtual meeting and someone's like, oh, sorry, they're mowing the yard outside. Well, most of the time we don't hear that, but it is distracting to you in your environment. And so, you know, try to think about that, your surroundings, when's the best time to have these meetings as well and schedule them. Also consider who else will be on the internet while you're on your interview. Bandwidth is very important to consider. So are other people home? If you're also at home, are they watching Netflix? Are they, you know, just getting on the computer? Are they playing around? You know, you really wanna make sure you have 100% of your bandwidth to help with your interview and the technology. It's okay to have something to write with, take notes on while you're in a virtual meeting. Don't feel like you have to just sit there stoic. Definitely take notes, you're gonna need to. It's a long day or half day and you're learning so much. Also have some water or drink 
um, next to you so you can have that ready. Be sure to go to the bathroom, look in the mirror prior to calling into the meeting. Um, you know, take care of all that before you call in. And lastly, I would say practice, practice, practice. Um, practice with a friend, practice with a faculty member. I did that with students last year. We did mock interviews virtual and they dressed up. They were in their environment and I was able to give them advice back on that. And we went through an entire interview. So ask someone, don't be afraid. Ask a mentor, ask a faculty member, ask a preceptor. You know, we're willing to help you. We, we want you to do well. We want you to do your best. But get up, get dressed, be in your location practice. You know, this is very different than calling into the virtual world for class. So this is a true interview. Be prepared, treat it as if you were in person and do your best and you will, but be cognizant. Don't just sit down and call into a meeting. Put thought and effort into practicing before your actual first interview. And one follow-up question of that, because we talked about this in our first episode, but I want to see, I want to hear your take on it is in terms of timing you get when you get this virtual interview and they set a time for your virtual interview when should you log on to your virtual interview i know we're used to like show up in person you know 15 minutes before my dean would always say 15 minutes is on time on time is late you know that whole spiel so when should a person log in should they wait to like a minute before 10 minutes before what's what's safe what's okay to do yeah, great question, Sean. And I'm right with you. I always want to be early, you know, ready to go. And for me, though, you don't know if that virtual meeting site is being used for other meetings before. So I don't feel like you need to call in too early. My suggestion would be no more than five minutes early, but definitely by two to three minutes, be calling in in case you do have any technology issues that you're able to, you know, switch things, microphone, video, and have that taken care of. And remember, you know, some of these programs, you can log into your own account and it'll show you what they're seeing. So you can make sure it's all looking nice and such, but calling in, I would not call in too early. I'd say between three to five minutes prior. All right. Thank you for that. Well, Leah, thank you so much for all the advice and tips. Thank you for being a guest on The Postgraduate Pharmacist today and all of your valuable insight. Thank you, Taylor and Sean. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like and subscribe. Remember, you can listen to us on all major podcast apps, and don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode in the description below.